Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there and welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. And as we've said in prior episodes during this time of social isolation, we're not coming to you from the College of Nursing. We're coming to you from Zoom so as to protect all of our hosts and guests on RN Huddle. So today we decided to talk to uh, Dr. Leanne Holmes. She is the director for the Moorhead Center for Nursing Practice, an assistant professor here in the College of Nursing at UNMC, and a practicing FNP. And so we wanted to have her as a host on RN Huddle to talk about that delicate balance between practice and education. So thank you for being here today, Leanne. Sure. Thanks for having me. And so really, I think the first thing on our minds today is what is the value of continuing to manage a practice, a busy practice, and manage all of the roles and responsibilities of a nursing faculty as an educator? What what do you see the value of maintaining your practice as being? I think that there are probably a couple of things. For, for me personally, I really like to practice. And so I think, uh, you know, a big part of it is, is being able to still practice and, and work with patients every day. But a, another part of it is what you can give to students by being able to practice, being able to provide that perspective of working with patients, of providing those case studies, staying up to date on, on the latest treatment modalities. All of those types of things that if you're not, you know, laying hands on, so to speak, on a regular basis, that you may not always have access to. Right, right. And Dr. Holmes, tell us a little bit about your practice. What does your faculty practice look like? I have a, a bit of a multi-pronged practice at the moment. So I work through a nurse practitioner-owned clinic, and they have bought out the practice at a local college. And so I do student health at a local college on hiatus over the summer. And so right now I'm actually doing COVID testing in a parking lot. (laughs) So a sign of the times. And then the other thing I do is with the county health department, I do STD testing with the county health department. Great. And what prompted you to come out of practice and become associated with an academic medical center, College of Nursing? You know, I was one of those people that really never thought I would teach. (laughs) So it was a a surprise to me when I decided that this was something that I wanted to do. And I think it kind of comes down to that old adage that you get to this point in your life where you think you really do want to give back. And maybe I felt like I got to the point in life where I felt like I had enough wisdom that I had something to give to other people, that I had accumulated enough knowledge to be able to give something back. And I just decided that now was the time that I had, had gotten to that point that it was time to be able to push that knowledge forward. Right. And being a, an avid clinician coming into a college where really there's three missions, there's service slash practice, there's education, and then there's research. And of course, primarily our role is to produce future nurses. So what was it like for you to come in from practice into a a situation where there were other um, responsibility and roles associated with your job? 
You know what, that, that part really was daunting because I think that when I thought about being an educator, I did think, you know, I'm not that kind of research-based type person. Um, I'm not even necessarily really an educator. I am a practicing clinician. And so one of the things that I really like about my position at the Moorhead Center is the opportunity to think about in the tripartite mission that practice is that essential leg of the stool, so to speak, and that it's all important and that we can kind of widen the pool of who we think are really valuable faculty members. And so, you know, although I may not have that large research mission, I do bring this pool of knowledge, as do others like me, of all these years of practice. And that can bring a lot of uh, value to students. And so I think that that is really an important point. And I'm hoping to bring others, uh, other faculty members like me, or people who are already on faculty who want to maybe expand their practice leg and be able to bring that kind of extra value to their students as well. Right. And so when you came into this role, I know that you had a question that you wanted to look into that eventually led into doing a study. So what can you tell us about about that experience? Yeah, I I think that I assumed, and I think maybe others too, that, well, of course, you know, somebody that practices, that's going to benefit the students that they teach, you know, it just seemed obvious. But when you start to look at the literature, you know, like good nurses do, we look at the literature and the research, there really isn't much out there that would substantiate that. And so we we did a little research of our own just at our own university here at UNMC and found that the students do feel like it is uh, helpful. They feel like it probably lends some credibility to know that their faculty are still practicing. And they do feel like they, you know, understand, they, they hear those case studies, and they hear that evidence-based connection that we bring forward to them. So they, they do uh, appreciate that we're practicing. And the faculty that practice also really benefit from it. They, they like practicing, they like keeping a, a toe in the pool of practice, and they, they feel, I think, more confident in teaching and like having those cases to pull from. So we, we hope to take the next step with that study and look at other universities that have faculty practice as well. And just uh, for the knowledge of our listeners, do you know of what percentage of academic medical center or colleges of nursing, how many actually have a built-in faculty practice structure? You know, I don't know percentage-wise. Many of them do, but Ours might be just a little bit unique in the way that it is set up. A lot of them might have the opportunity to allow people to practice, but it's not built in the way that we have it, wherein you can take a day during your work week and practice versus, you know, just practicing outside of your normal work week. So that's what makes it a little bit unique, the way that we have it set up. Interesting. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Moorhead Center for Nursing Practice and and why it is unique. You mentioned that it's set up a little bit differently than others. Let's get into a, a little bit about how so. We do it in a way where we help seek contracts for uh, providers. And it can be, these are either RNs, nurse practitioners. It can be nurses who do informatics or statisticians, um, all sorts of nurses. But they can either come to us with an existing contract, someplace they already work, or we can work with them to find a new place to work. And then um, they typically work a day or two a week, depending on 
what their workload is with teaching and other things. And then we just work directly with that clinic partner to have a, a day away from their normal work week. And we call it kind of a, a release day. And then they, it, it, I guess it's a little bit complicated in, in how the reimbursement works, but essentially they just get that day away from their normal work duties and then can go and practice instead. So you heard it, all of you nurses out there, anyone who is in practice right now, there is a way to give back and teach new students how to be a nurse. And then for all the educators out there who are missing their clinical days and and want to experience that without losing their ability to be primarily an educator, there is a balance. So I think really this discussion, Dr. Holmes, is really about balance you can be able to dip your finger into each skill. But it makes me wonder, you know, there are educators where that is their primary skill. And so what do you say to those educators about the importance of practice? I think they might tell you that education and being skilled in in education is of utmost value to a faculty. So what would you say to that? Well, I think that you said it, you know, it's it's about balance. And not everything is for everybody. So depending, again, on, on what they're, they're doing and what they're teaching, practice may not be of the utmost importance for them. So, you know, if we have someone whose teaching load and research load involves, you know, theory and research, practice may not be the most important part of their balance. Whereas for me, you know, I am a nurse practitioner. I do clinical I teach primarily clinical and I like practice. For me, this is the balance that, that I need and that works for me. Right. You, um, you mentioned earlier that coming into the Academic Medical Center was a little different for you coming out of the practice world. And I know that, <laughs> right, right. I know that a large portion of our listeners are, of, of course, practitioners primarily. And, and really, this is a kind of a a glimpse into the the world of academia. What was the most surprising thing about coming into academia from the practice setting? Oh gosh, um, I, I I think that it was a, a lot more welcoming than I thought it would be. I was uh, very unsure about how I would be able to meld these two worlds, and it did work better than I thought it would. Um, and and probably at least in part not just because I'm doing this podcast, but <laughs> probably at least in part because I was able to hang on to the practice component. And it, and it did allow that balance of allowing me to feel, you know, like I could do this because I had all this practice knowledge and I was still doing the practice part of it and bringing that forward. And that was exactly what I wanted to do. And so it felt comfortable. You know, we talked about practice, we talked about education, But there's one more leg to that stool, isn't there? Uh, And that is research. So we know that in an academic setting that research is, is very important. It drives practice, it drives education. But what would you say about the balancing the three legs of the stool versus just the two? Yeah, and interestingly, you know, you heard me say that the interest in practice did drive a research study. And I am involved in, a, in another uh, HRSA-granted research project, and that one is about practice as well. We are starting a postgraduate nurse practitioner residency. So for uh, recently graduated nurse practitioners to 
kind of transition into the workforce. And so, you know, there is a way for all of these things to kind of seamlessly transition together. And again, that was kind of another one of the things that was surprising that, you know, I had probably never thought of myself as necessarily a research-oriented person. My doctorate is in practice, not a PhD. But these things do uh, still seem to kind of work together. And, and there is a way to find your passion in, in one thing and have it lead into the, the tripartite mission well. So it seems like maybe there's more than one way to do research, right? Maybe there's, maybe the, the, the word scholarship is very applicable to that third leg of the stool for you. Yes, exactly. And I think for many people, and again, that's where I want to make sure that all of those, you know, clinician practice type people know that, you know, the academic world fits for them as well. And that is something that we really need to, uh, a message that we really need to put out there that there is space for you in an academic medical center or college of nursing. Your clinical skills are valued and it can be balanced very nicely with the other roles that a faculty takes on. I want to ask one more question about your scholarship because it really may tie in with some of the experiences of our listeners, um, not only across the United States, but in neighboring countries too. We do have a partnership with some Canadian nurses and some uh, wonderful Canadian listeners. So you mentioned that there is a HRSA grant to look at preceptorship and, and residency for newly graduated NPs. Why do you think that's important? Well, for us, if this was a, a little niche to try to increase. It was meant for a couple of things, really. One thing that we really wanted to do was increase nurse practitioners in uh, rural areas of Nebraska and also in medically underserved areas of Nebraska. So we saw it as, as a way to do that. We also wanted to transition uh, newly graduated nurse practitioners into these types of clinics in a way that it allowed them to feel uh, much more competent in that setting, because these are really very tricky settings to start off in. And we thought that if they could have a better transition, that they would be much more likely to stay working in these settings. And uh, these are very common settings in our state. So that was kind of the, the driving force and the aims behind this residency. Right. And the state of Nebraska is actually a state where our authority to practice independently is legislated. And there was discussion during those debates in the legislature about what kind of training do nurse practitioners have and then what kind of transition do they have into practice? And it seems like this really dovetails nicely into that. Yes. And, and although uh, we, we do have full practice authority in the state of Nebraska, one of the, the things that can sometimes be missing, especially in the rural parts of the state, is uh, referrals. And so, you know, what can happen is that although you, you do have that authority, when you're out in western parts of Nebraska and you need that higher level of care, or even just a referral for something like, you know, physical therapy or a specialist, that might not be something that you necessarily have out there. And so just having that, that year of getting your feet under you and learning the referrals and learning the sources around you can be very important. Right. And, and more knowledge equals better care, uh, yeah. especially in those underserved areas. And it's really important to note that nurses really do fill a huge role in the healthcare system in filling in those practice gaps in those areas. So 
go nursing (laughs) and and go director of the Moorhead Center for Nursing (laughs) practice who's balancing all of this to make it happen for all of us nurses out there. And, and, you know, bringing that up, Dr. Holmes, um, as director, I'm sure that this is a different role for you, too. It's a leadership role. It's administration. It's, it's something that is also different skills than practice. Tell us what you've learned about being a, a director in this setting. Yeah, I, I have done um, some management and supervision before I, I came to this role. So I did have at least that, that under my belt. So that part was not completely new to me. but yeah, there, there are always some challenges uh, dealing with that. You know, people always come with different personalities. And so you, you learn how to communicate <laughs> along the way, which I think is always probably the most important uh, job of being a director. That along with patience of attending a lot of meetings. Wouldn't you say it, Heidi? <laughs> I definitely would agree with that. Um, <laughs> we like our meetings as administrators, that's for sure. <laughs> But you know what? Having a, a well thought out plan that everyone is bought into is also a, an important part of leadership, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in thinking about this, one of the themes that really runs through our shows here at RN Huddle is advocacy. And so I imagine that as director, you have to practice a whole lot of advocacy in the face of the medical model for nursing practice. Do you have any words on that? Yes, um, you know, depending on on who brings us the practice, there have been times where a provider will be interested in certain practices, and they will come to us and you know suggest that they would want to work with a certain practice. And it can be challenging to work with certain practices who have concerns or questions about working with nurses or nurse practitioners. And so, yeah, that can occasionally be a, a challenge. Lots of times it is just a lack of education. You know, we just end up needing to talk through it and explain to them uh, exactly what it is that we do and and what we're looking for. And usually we can work through that. And so what has been the most effective method to do that? Is it purely just talking about the role of NPs? What, What seems to stick the most when you're having those conversations? I think that there there's a lot of, and this goes back to working with the legislature too. You know, we worked with the legislature a lot to pass health practice authority, and we would often encounter the, you know, people who would want to talk about friends they knew who were, who were nurses. And so we would spend a lot of time explaining the difference between RNs, BSNs, advanced practice nurses, nurse practitioners, um, so that it would make sense to them when we were talking about the different types of nurses so that they would understand why we're trying to place nurses in different types of clinic settings, because they would not understand how nurses would be prescribing medications if their aunt was an RN, you know, so that would be what we would have to kind of explain along the way. Right. So it's really important for our listeners to, again, go back to those basic advocacy skills and being able to really clearly articulate what kind of training and what kind of skills that we we pick up as we go through our different educational areas and and levels of education you know the the pictures of nurses are far different <laughs> than what we go through as far as training is concerned and and what kind of skills that we pick up along the way so really interesting and you can't always assume that people understand what you mean when you say you are an advanced practice nurse or a nurse practitioner so 
that needs to often be explained. Right. So we've talked an awful lot about the balance between being a clinician and other roles that tend to come into play when we're in an academic setting. And and really, we could say that this is extrapolated out into any practice setting. There's always going to be education. There's always going to be some kind of data analysis, and there's always going to be the basic practice. So do you have any last minute thoughts for our listeners on what we've talked about today? Anything you'd like to any pieces of knowledge you'd like to relay to them based on your experience? I, I think that our, our biggest message here is, you know, because we are always looking for those strong educators. That is the basis for bringing more of these nurses into the profession. And so we want to make sure that all of you who love being a nurse need to come help us educate the future nurses. Well, definitely amen to that. I'm, I, I can't really say it better myself. Um, <laughs> We want you, right? We want we want the best. We want we want to be able to really make a big impact on on our future professionals, especially in such a time of change that the healthcare system is going through. So, Dr. Holmes, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. I hope that you'll come back and and talk to us again on RN Huddle. Sure, I love being here. I think this has been a really fantastic discussion and and hopefully listeners, you've really gotten a lot out of it, gotten a a glimpse into the window of practice and and education. And so hopefully this has brought something to your mind as we've discussed these things. But I think it's time for us to sign off now and thank you so much for being here today and listening to this discussion. I hope to see you back here next time on RN Huddle. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.